I'm Brendan Kearney, and you're listening to the Belgian Smack Podcast, where we explore the world of Belgian beer. Alexandre Dumont didn't want to settle in the Hano region where he grew up, so he bought an old farmhouse in Jeantrain Jeantrenui in the province of Walloon, Brabant. Jeantrain and Jeantrenui are actually two separate Belgian villages, but so small, so close together, and so culturally entwined are they that they are often referred to as a single entity. If you operate a brewery from one of the villages, your brewery is in both. Dumont's traditional farmhouse, classic red bricked and grey stoned walls surrounding a four-sided central courtyard, was originally constructed in the 14th century, but now takes on an 18th century vibe after renovations during that period. The farmhouse has a large barn. In the barn, Dumont has installed a 10 hectolitre brew house with more than 12 fermenters of various sizes. For several years, it was more of a hobby with his friend Stefan Moulemans, but in 2013, Dumont became serious about brewing, bought out his friend and increased production more than tenfold over the next five years from 180 hectolitres a year to 2,000 hectolitres a year. Dumont's beers are interesting for a number of reasons. Firstly, he follows a farmhouse ethos with his water being pumped from the village and the malted barley he uses coming from a nearby farm and then malted in small quantities by Dingamons. Secondly, Dumont was one of the first brewers in Belgium to combine indigenous old world styles, such as saisons and Belgian wheat beers, with the tropical fruit and pine qualities of new world hops. This was no coincidence. Dumont has another job. He works in Belgium for the company who distribute hops from the Yakima Valley all over Europe. Almost all of the hops from the Pacific Northwest of America that come into Europe pass through Dumont's hands, including new varieties and those which are harder to attain. In our discussion, Dumont talks about his work with Yakima Chief Hops, the evolution of the use of hops in Belgium from World War I until recently, the resistance he encountered when he first started showcasing Yakima hops in his beers, and his justification for keeping the varieties he uses as a secret. Sit back, listen, and enjoy Alexandre Dumont of Brasserie Jean Train, Jean Trenouille. Alexandre Dumont? Yes, Brendan. From Brasserie Jean Train, Jean Trenouille. Yes, Jean Trenouille. Uh, thanks for speaking to me. Oh, but that's a pleasure. Um, so tell me a little bit about uh, where you guys are from. You're from a, a, a Walloon Brabant region? Yes, we are settled in Walloon Brabant. Um, that's say 25 minutes far from Brussels. It's halfway in between Brussels and Liège. So really, it's a big suburb of Brussels. And, and Jean Train and Jean Trenouille are two villages. Yeah, this is one villages, but it's a, Jean Train is the main villages. And you have a little suburb of a villages to try to imagine how tiny it is, which is called Jean Trenouille. Okay. It's, uh, in fact, uh, Ouille means uh, little. Okay, yeah, it's like a diminutive... Yeah, it's a kind of a slang. Yeah, one. yeah. And are you from, from there? 
unfortunately, or hopefully not, I don't know how to say, but um, we originally, my family, my, my father's family is coming from Heno. Yes. Okay. So, and uh, I was educated in Brussels. Then with my wife, we migrated to Havre. And then after the next step, we, we went to Gendron, Gendronouille. Okay. We, we purchased a, a farmhouse, an old farmhouse from the, let's say, already existing in the 14th century. That was totally revamped in, in the 18th century, which is a typical square farmhouse of, uh, of the 18th century. Um, that we renovated and in the barn we, we put a, a brewery. So so would you call yourself a farmhouse brewery? Oh, hey, if it is, <laughs> what is a farmhouse brewery? In, Good question. Yeah, what is a farmhouse That's brewery? That's what I'm asking. Well, yeah, well, well, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I should say yes, because it's a real farmhouse. It's not a fake farmhouse like you can find um, in some other countries. And, um, and, like I told you, or maybe I didn't tell you, but uh, my barley is coming from a nearby farm, 15 minutes far from, from the brewery, so Corbois-le-Grand. Um, my water is pumped in the village. So I can say 99% of my products are local. Um, and how, how are you malting that barley that's coming from a this nearby? Is, this is malted by Dingemans most of the time, which is cool because then you have the control and the quality and the quality uh, approved by Digimons, mm-hmm. which is which is good because you know in our country we are restarting we are just restarting a little bit everywhere the the Bali um, the Bali growing and, and 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 selling to the breweries so some we could have some quality issues we had a quality issues last year so I did not have the full uh, harvest that I did. Is it want. to do with climate? It's to do with climate because the summer was really, really rainy and, and um, the barley take a disease, a kind of a mushroom called fusarios and, uh, and then it's, uh, it's for cattle. You cannot use this barley in, in breweries anymore. Yeah, that's, that's a challenge if you're trying to source your ingredients local, as local yeah, as Yeah, it's possible. always a challenge, but more and more growers as you know, their, their revenue is, is quite poor. To try to find a direct uh, purchaser, uh, a local brewery is, is idealistic for them. So they, they make their own barley and we conclude the contract and, and they make the malting in a good maltry and, and, and the buckle is, the circle is bottled. So it's, it's very good. And is, is the, the brewery that you started in the same brewery you have now? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> when you go on my website, this is the original brewery because the picture that the photograph took was wonderful. We are wonderful. So I always use those pictures, but they are the, the primary brewery. So what, what size was that one? Oh, that, that one is still, uh, the, the brew house is still the same. 12 hectoliters per brew. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, now um, I have much more vessels. And I'm still increasing the capacity of the brewery because... Uh, by adding tanks fermentation. Yeah, by uh, adding tanks fermentation. Um, I have actually six uh, 41 hectoliters tank. Okay. I have uh, five... So, so that's allowing you to do several brews into yeah. one tank. Yeah, that's it. And I have uh, five... Uh, sorry, six uh, 11 hectoliters tank for small brews, for small batch. And uh, I'm still expecting mid-June here in 15 days uh, to big tank again. 
to expand the brewery. Okay. So we we've just uh, last year we just built platform to increase because the barn is is big volume, but it's a big volume with a small surface on the floor. So I need to multiply the the surface by just adding some platform where I can put my my my, my tanks and so on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so to go back sort of to the origin story of the brewery. What year did, did you start and how did, how did it sort of come about? So uh, we started in 2006. Primarily we were two people. And then in 2000, end 2013, I purchased the shares of my uh, partner. And uh, I, I'm actually alone in brewery. At that time in 2013, uh, we were at 180 hectoliters a year. And now we are a little bit more than 2,000 uh, hectoliters. So a lot of growth. A lot of growth in the short times, but uh, I think we waste a lot of time uh, at the beginning when they were, we were nearly alone. Uh, there was no competition, but it was also difficult to arrive with a new product on the market because the consumer were not so in, in habits to taste uh, the Four Seasons. For them, the Four Seasons was kind of a, an IPA, which is absolutely not an IPA. Um, but the consumer were considering that it was too bitter, too 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 hoppy, uh, and when you taste for season, no, um, people come to me and say, "Hey, did you do something with your four season?" Because it seems not not bitter, and not bitter enough. But I didn't change anything, which yeah. is good. That's the taste of the consumer has which evolved. has evolved in ten years. So, so, so maybe for people that maybe don't know, you have a kind of three, let's say, core beers. You obviously yeah. brew a lot of other beers. Yeah. So you have the the quatre saisons, the yeah. four four saisons, saison. or IV saison, but IV because it's a Roman numeral. Yeah, it's a Roman, and and a lot of people think it's an I and a V, yeah. but it's a, the a IV four. Yeah. So you have the, the quatre saisons. You have the the cinq sens. Cinq so sens. The, the yes. five sens. Yes, sens means a farm. Yeah. In old Wallonian. Okay, so is that sort of old Walloon language then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Old Walloon language, it's a sens. You have also sensitaire, the kind of a, a language that comes, the, the, these words is coming in uh, in a few words, and this is quite common. Yeah. Certainly in the Middle Age. Yeah, and then you have the 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 ses huit. The six the six huit. Six huit. So you have this kind of Roman numeral kind of... Um, um, system of naming the beer yeah four five and six and uh you're a fan of star wars right indeed so is so tell me a little bit about the connection there no um in fact um the we start with a saison okay because uh, primarily the product we wanted to do was a saison why it's because it's a farm so it reminds a little bit the past of the farm where it was there was a brewery in the farm I mean, a brewery, there was a big pan where they were cooking, like in every farm. And they were making beer for, uh, for the, in the winter for the summer workers. So Saison was always brewed in, in farms. It was kind, but they did not call it Saison at the time. They were just brewing beer in the winter with a little bit of aging in wooden barrel. Most of those beer were a little bit acidic, I think. Um, so that was quite common. And, and certainly in, in Gendrin, particularly in my farm, you have, um, if you look at the register, the sales registers and, and, and renting contract, um, there was a, the owner um, rent a farm to a farmer, and, uh, but the owner, it's written, had the right to come whenever he wants to brew his beer in, in the Brassine. So they, they, that was the, the big cooking vessels. 
they call it the brass in, in the in the register that that's existing. So primarily, we wanted to make a saison a little bit in between what was an American style, new American style beer, so come back in 2007, and what was a traditional Belgian saison. And in Belgium at that time, outside of some of the more traditional producers like Dupont, were there a lot of saisons? There were a lot of saisons, like Saison Dupont, Saison Pipet. Uh, that was quite a usual name. I think uh, Saison Dupont was the, the best one and, and maybe the, the only um, relevant one. In, in, in the landscape. And then we start our saison and then after a lot of saison came on the market. It was kind of a resurrection of saison, uh, saison style originally. Because if you come back in 2007, look, there was, there was quite poor. Um, and the first saison was uh, a saison brew only with American hops. So that was the originality. Because as you know, I have a full-time job in the hop business, working for Yakim Chief Hop Union. So... I don't know if I can make a little advertisement around that. but so. Yes, no, that's something I want to talk about, uh, about sort of how you got involved with Yakima Chief Hop and the impact that uh, New World, particularly Yakima Hops, have had on the Belgian brewing culture. But just I want people to understand, first of all, you know, how your beers are constructed and kind of what your ethos is inside yeah. the brew house. So it's a good, uh, the, the first season primarily was a good um, mix of um, the old continents and the trends in America with the American hops. So what, first of all, um, what are you doing about fermentation and the yeast profile that you select? So the yeast profile is very neutral because we wanted that the, the, the consumer could recognize all the basic ingredients in the beer. So the malty notes, the hoppy notes. So really we, want, we didn't want a, um, a yeast that was, uh, that created esters or that had such a personality that covered everything or destroyed all the uh, flavor, aroma flavor. So we wanted to have something good and we wanted to make, um, uh, sorry, neutral. And we wanted to make also a dry hopping to, to boost a little bit like uh, Orville style or, you know, old, uh, old English style also. So um, what, what varieties of hops then are you using for bittering so, and, and aroma and dry hop? Oh, bittering is the, most of the time we use, I use kind of a, or Columbus or Warrior or, you know, big, big 16%. Um, um, alpha. alpha and uh, for uh, aromatic purpose it's most of the time so hype 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 varieties but it's a secret so you're not going to tell me no and those are obviously varieties are you using the same varieties all the time or are you using yeah I'm, I'm using always the same variety and um, yeah I don't correct anything so this this is uh, something that's quite common with Belgian brewers that are keen to keep in commas secret some of the yeast that you that they use or the hops that you use. No, so what, why do you want to people not to know what variety you're using? Why? Because it, it if you do understand me correctly, uh, people have to look at, make trials. Um, big big sports. I'm sorry to say, but a big sports in the brewing industry is to copy the other, and uh, it's a pity. And certainly when you create a little brewery, um, it's a pity to, co to copy the other. I am always upset to see, look, guys, I have the impression I drink, I drink your new beer, but I have the impression I drink the, the beer that I've already drunk in another brewery. I'm always upset. Why making such an investment of a brewery to, co to gimmick the other? This is stupid. 
Try to express your own originality. Try to make your own way with your own brewery. And then we'll see who you are. Um, and if you're pro- and that's that's how you make products that have a soul that could be for ages on the market. Okay. Yeah. Um, look at what's. Don't want to throw me flowers, but look what the brewery has done, primarily in 2007, and look what is done now in the market. Of course, we sell a lot of hops. So what I. But um, but this is this is a great buzz around those those kind of uh, of new tastes, new bitterness, new expressions of of beers and so on. This is amazing, and I'm very very uh, enthusiastic and, and proud of what's happening here because I think there was a it was a time to wake up a little bit the the beer market, Belgian beer market, which was a little bit sleepy and staying on its basis and its uh, acquisition of the past, you see, Um, while the rest of the planet is is turning totally crazy and and doing things very, very interesting. Um, Because what is always a little bit disappointing is to see that Belgium is a, is a wonderful country because in a small country you have plenty you had plenty of varieties of beer okay you had sour you had uh, medium you had big brown you had very alcoholic beer you had very very old beer all the style you could summarize and, and f- find in the world what has happened all the brewers coming from America abroad Italy whatever they came in Belgium they Belgium feed them in in terms of Look what is possible! All the all the the roots of the beer, and they came back in their country, and and then what what happens is that they they came back with a better beer. They 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 masterize very well, but with new ideas and with a mix of the wine and their own tradition and and the Belgian tradition. So the Belgian tradition is is at the roots of of a lot of of uh, explosion of of originality and stuff in other country, but. Belgium needs to stay at the top. You see what I mean? Needs to lead because otherwise... Would, would you not say, though, that there are people in Belgium who would say that taking influence from outside is, is, is to dilute the power of the Belgian tradition? I'm just being devil's advocate here, of course. No, because you see the, the, the traditional breweries do it, do it very well. They, do, they continue to do their business as usually. But um, it's not because you are in your brewery making one wonderful beer like a goose or whatever that you cannot go and, and, and explore some other landscape of taste and aroma and make another beer maybe because it's uh, something totally original with what you used to do traditionally, but with an influence coming from some, somewhere else. So we don't have to be, we have to be more reactive, I think, instead of... Uh, Proactive, I, th- I think, than right. And is that happening? I think it's um, it's still slow. It's still slow. When well, Belgium that, seems to move slowly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's right or good. I don't know. We'll see in the future. But look at what Italy is doing. Italy was the first country in my in my perception who was who began barrel aged, and they did it wonderfully. And 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 it's a good way to enhance the beer. Um, or to ruin the beer, depending upon the brewery, of course, um, and to to add something. And it's wonderful in terms of uh, they have the wine tradition and they mix the wine tradition together with a, a new a new trend, which is a beer. And and now actually uh, those breweries they are self sufficient and and they are very successful worldwide. 
uh, I think uh, there is a, a step that, uh, um, let's say, a train we need to step in um, if it is not too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And are you using um, American hops also for the, the for sauce all, and the for, beat, all, for all, all the beers? All, um, most of the beer I'm brewing in the brewery, I use the hops of, uh, of Yakim Chief. But all secret varieties? All the secret varieties. Okay. All the one you will never find in the, in, in, in at Yakimchich. No, I'm I'm joking. But uh, those are let's say. Um, anyway, you can if you know the hops, you can recognize them very easily. And one time um, you're just not going to make it easy for people. Yeah, and and also that's good because if they look for the variety which is in the fourth season, maybe they will purchase a lot of hops before knowing and 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 finding the same results. So there will be a way that they do. So, and, and they'll, yeah, they'll get through it and learn yeah. more. So tell me, tell me then now about your other job. So you uh, have the brewery, Gendrenouille. Gendrenouille, exactly. And you also work for a company called Yakima Chief Hop. Yes. Which is an American company. Yeah. Based out of Yakima in the state of Washington in the Northwest. Indeed. So how, first of all, how did you get involved with those guys? Oh, that's a long story. Um, so, you know... I was I was working primarily. I'm civil engineers, so I have a scientist background. But when I went out of the university, it was uh, it was crisis in Europe, and um, I went to the bank because uh, bank were open for having civil engineer in their in their staff. So I became a banker and this, I stayed seven years in the bank. Okay, and then I left the bank. But so one friend asked me to come and join him at Yakim Chief because he became manager and he needs someone who was who knows administration, sales and so on and to help him. So I stepped in in 2002. That was in Belgium? That was in Belgium, yes. Okay. The, the, so Yakima, Yakima were already active in Belgium? Yeah. In fact, Yakima, Yakima, was, Yakima Chief was... Uh, was um, a factory in, in the U.S. and selling company in the U.S. And uh, they purchased um, the activity from Pfizer, uh, hop activity from Pfizer. And, uh, and there was a branch in Belgium, in fact. And that's, that branch of Belgium was making the, um, the, um, the distribution of the hops in Europe. In fact. For the whole of Europe? Yeah. And primarily in Belgium, we were generating 90% of the turnover of the company. Okay. Because we were really active in industrial hop. So extract, mainly bitter hop uh, for big companies like uh, the big, big Heineken, ABI, mm -hmm. so on, Carlsberg and CB Miller. Yeah. So, and they are situated, if you look, they're mainly situated in Europe, their headquarters in Europe. And then after we merged with Hop Union, and Hop Union is more like uh, the aroma side of the hops. And uh, the, the turnover was more generated in the US. Now actually we generate 20%, 20-25% of the turnover in Belgium um, for the sales in Europe. But it's increasing, of course. Yeah, so I mean, you, you, I think probably in the last number of years, there's been a growth in demand from the smaller breweries, yeah. let's say. Um, I guess still the bulk of your business is with those bigger breweries. No, no, no. We we have a, a wonderful volume with the craft breweries. And are you, um, are you talking about within Belgium or like all over Europe? Uh, all over Europe, all over Europe. Because uh, when you speak about a new beer, most of the time it's with uh, American hops. Uh, why? It's because they are so particular. 
I think that um, with the American hops, the goodness of American hops is that they make the consumer rediscover what a hop was in a beer. Because um, most of the big player has hops as a uh, qualification of being expensive. Um, the big breweries, they try to avoid hops as much as possible. So bitterness was as low as possible. And yeah, a little bit of, of late hopping and, and that's it. Um, no dry hopping and so on. Craft breweries, craft industries, uh, ha um, increased the level of bitterness, increased the quantity of late ad addition, increased, con uh, re-began dry hopping system. And that the consumption of the hops was much higher um, per hectolitres in a craft brewery. is much higher in, per, per hectolitre in a craft brewery than in a, in a normal brewery. And also the problem that in a big industrial brewery, putting hops a little bit everywhere could be very difficult because their material, their, their process is not designed for that. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, that's also a little bit cumbersome for them uh, to join the... Whereas um, the, the way that the smaller breweries are doing it is the most inefficient way possible and... Yeah, that's it. That's focused it. On, on flavor rather than... Yeah, and, and, but you should be amazed because all um, people, uh, when they taste a, a beer where you add a little bit too much or uh, American hops in late addition, they, perce they perceive it. The, 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 sound, the, the, the perception is totally different from all people that are very sensitive. If you add a little bit of hop, a little bit too much hops in, in late edition, then, uh, then, uh, then no young people who wants a big dry hopping, big bitterness and so on and so on. So it's, it's, um, you have to balance a little bit the, the stuff. But um, anyway, continuing with that, uh, what is good with the American hops is that it makes the, it makes the, the consumer more aware of what he drink What's um, so the flavor he has? Uh, he can no point that it is hops. Uh, come back 15 years ago, no one, no consumer was able to say where we, where is about what is a hop, what is um, the bitterness. I don't feel it. Uh, so that was something which was a taste that was a little bit un, uh, be that became unknown. And if you come back before the Second World War. People were very aware of what was bitterness, what was acidity, what was uh, hot flavor. Uh, and what drove between pre-World War to kind of the point where now my, we're getting my, more hot my, flavor? My theory around that is that with the Second World War, the army, American army came in Europe with soda, with uh, soft drinks and so on. And I think it became, as they were the savior of the world, of, the, of Europe, it become uh, uh, samples popular in in the young people, and we call it the, the Coca Cola generation. And people began to love soda and and sugar, Coca Cola and so on. And um, as a as a competitor, some brewers decide to decrease their bitterness and to make something which was more sparkling, more soda like beer. Um, and that's why, and, and it was also a good, a good computing because uh, you decrease then the price of the beer at the x uh, uh, brewery because then it costs less because you use less hops. Um, and that was a little bit trying to fight against instead of uh, uh, aff aff affirming your identity, you know? Yeah. So I will try to, to, to copy the soda to 
compete against the soda instead of, no, I don't need to compete against soda. Anyway, we are two different drinks. Yeah. We should have been more, they should have been more uh, focused in, in, um, in, in, in taste, in um, quality of basic ingredient and so on. If they should have followed this, uh, this, this lane, I think we should be totally in another landscape. No, because this has, has had a consequence. If you look at after the Second World War, a lot of breweries disappear also. So after the First World War, a lot of breweries disappeared. But then after the Second World War, a lot of breweries merged mm -hmm. because they were having to spare, to make uh, scale spares um, and produce more beer with a cheaper price of mm -hmm. productions. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of taste disappeared again because of that. And you think we're going through a period of... And now we are re-beginning a period of that with... Um, with an, yeah, with somehow uh, uh, difficulties in the landscape is that um, they it's it's like everything it's bursting actually I think and uh, it's a little bit the chaos uh, in terms of uh, the consumer he wants a beer a new beer he wants to taste a new beer nearly every day uh, and it's it, it become an inhabits um, he. In my opinion, he, re he reacts a little bit like a geek. So he want, he's a geek mania. So sure. he wants want something new every, every time. When he, is a, he look for the buzz. But uh, that will quiet a little bit on time, I think, uh, till the consumer will fix himself on certain product. And then you will have some breweries that will stay and some other that will disappear. It's always like that. Yeah. Um, for, for, we'll, we'll, we can talk a little bit about the Belgian landscape yeah. more generally, but um, focusing on your story and Yakiman specific, specifically, do you see uh, like in the hops that are, are being purchased specific varieties which are more in demand from the, the smaller Belgian breweries? Ah, you know, it's very easy. You want to make a, 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 a big demand on a hop, you just have to say that you don't have this hop. And everybody will want to purchase this up. Really? So it's all scarcity and exclusivity? <laughs> no, it's not. But honestly, it's because sometimes you have a bad harvest on one variety. You know, one, uh, some varieties are totally different from some other varieties. Some varieties you make the harvest beginning of August, some other end of October. And in between um, beginning of August and end of October, a lot of things can happen. Um, and because of whatever, disease, climate... Some harvests are very poor, while from some for some other varieties they are very well. And uh, when you announce that there will be a lack of this variety, everybody is overreacting and want this variety. This is kind of a human human behavior, but um, we have to cope with that in the hop business because it's a very tricky market. It's not like grain. It's not like uh, I don't know corn or whatever. It's uh, it's really tricky market. So you have to always to cope with that, against that. Um, and I must say, there is no big trends. trends sorry. Um, I think, yeah, there is big beer trends, but not that much big hops trends. We try to push, when you make a new variety, it needs two, three years to be on the top, and then it becomes something traditional. And then you have to launch a new variety. Yeah, and so on and so. But I mean, some of the the varieties that have been around for a long time, for example, 
cascade. cascade. Yes. Is a good example. Yeah. I mean, is that considered by some of the the younger, trendier breweries as a boring hop, or is it still something that they see as useful? But it, you know, uh, you can use let's let's say you can use a traditional hop like an Alatumatulfu or whatever. You can do something wonderful with that. So no needs to have Cascade is a wonderful hop. No needs to have new hops uh, necessary for doing something wonderful. But um, you. You can do you can do wonderful beer with uh, with purely traditional hops. What is good is that um, on the other side and on the American side primarily, having new variety is helping everybody. Why? Because with a new variety, you make a buzz among the hop business, but also among the breweries business, because they always they are always willing to have new hops, new taste, new flavor. Okay. Also, most of those hops are uh, are friendly for the for the environment because uh, when we launch new hops, it means that mo- most um, most of the time this new variety is um, it has a better uh, better return on the field, less pesticide, less uh, less everything, sometimes less water, um, and uh, there is always a, a good reason to launch new hops. Um, and these make a buzz afterwards. Um, but uh, you should go in, in Yakima. You, you have some. There, you have dedicated uh, um, acreage for new varieties. And every ten meters, you have uh, let's say ten, 10 plants uh, of new new varieties that have totally di- different specification. I've already smelled hops that 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 was really like camembert cheese. And that was really amazing. But of course, you will not put camembert cheese hops in your glass, uh, make a a dry hopping with camembert cheese. I think someone will. Yeah, it should be great. Yeah, maybe it should be very original, but maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. uh, Um, And and I mean, how often do you go out to Yakima? Oh, the purpose is not to to get there very often. On average, it's one time a year. Yeah. It's more than enough. We have so much business to do here in, in of Europe. Course. That's, uh, but how, how would you describe it? I mean, you obviously have to, you're talking about the products, the hops themselves, and you're doing a lot of the kind of logistics distribution. But like the place that they come from, Yakima itself, the hop growing region, um, is it, uh, how would you describe that to, to the Belgians that you're working with? Oh, um, um, so Yakima, Yakima Valley is a desert valley, okay, made of uh, volcano ash. So the, the particularity of the American hops in this valley is that the head of the hops is in the sun because it's, it's desert, like, uh, like I told, like I say. But uh, there is irrigation, so the feeds are in the water. And um, because of this temperature and this sun, I think it's, um, it's, it's kind of, the, the, the plant will react totally differently in Yakima Valley than the same plants in an, in a temperate climate like here yeah, in Belgium. Have, have you encountered or had any experience with uh, Yakima varieties in Europe? Yes, the Cascade, for example. You have plenty of Cascade here in Europe. but uh, And there is a lot of studies that have been done regarding the same varieties planted in, in Yakima or Oregon states. And, uh, and in, in, and in is it a case of the... The, the flavor profile being similar, but the alpha and essential oil content both, being much lower? Both, 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 both. In fact, you can look in 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 um, in Yakima as the the weather is very dry, desertic, 
and you make irrigation, you can compute many things. Because it's dry, it's less sensitive to disease, because most of the disease are due to moisture. Okay, so mildew, down mildew, oidium is, is pure, mostly, mostly appearing when, when the moisture is too, 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 too high. Here in, in Europe, you, you, you have temperate climate, so you don't manage what's, uh, what you put some, some water on the plants. And uh, when there is a disease, you cannot do anything. You have to wait because you cannot put pesticides on the flower that you will put in, a, in the beer afterwards. Um, and this has a tremendous impact on the stress of the plants, that one, one thing. If there is too much rain also, you dilute a lot of things. Okay, the plant will grow very well, but maybe the, the flowers will not give the wonderful aroma. Um, there is, uh, I think that because of the warmth in, in Sunnyside, there is a stress in the plants that makes the concentrations of a lot of molecules in, in, in the help. And this has a tremendous impact on the, the terroir, has a tremendous impact on the, on, on the hop, uh, hop plants. And you could go on the same way with barley, and then after maybe ordering regions. Last time I was in a seminar in Ghent, and they were speaking about coriander. So most of the coriander is coming from Romania, Italy, and Ukraine. And the profile of those three coriander are totally different. But you, when you go and purchase coriander, you purchase coriander. You never ask where it comes from. And, uh, and you are also always sometimes amazed. Oh, this is weird. My profile of beer is totally different. But the flavor are totally different also. What you've been putting in your brewing kettle is totally different. So you have to be careful. It's uh, the same for spice. It's the same for, uh, for hop. Even if it is, we call it the same variety. And uh, have you also, uh, that, that's kind of the topography and uh, the, the, the climate and the, the kind of the desert nature of the region. Have you also had much exp any experience with the people that work there? I know it's a big operation, but have you had any direct contact with farmers? Oh, no. Uh, I have contact, of course, sometimes, but no direct. This is not the purpose. The purpose is, is we are an operating company. We receive the bills from the farmers, from our owner, let's say, because uh, it's a own, it's a grower owner company, uh, and uh, we process those bills as in the best way we we need to do. So, in respect of the aroma, avoid oxidization. Um, we make a, we have a lot of investment. So, a lot of investment of investment. Sorry, have been done from the farm to the factory also to preserve uh, the quality of the hops and. Because there's been so much investment up front on the agricultural side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To getting it into the brew cattle would be a real it's, shame. That that's, that's it. When, when the harvest happens, um, so the hop is directly dried and it's maximum 10, in 10 hours it's dried on the, on the fluid bed. And then after build and, and, and call, recall, sorry, during one night or, or two, and then put in bales and bales are put in fridge directly. And then after the bales are bring. Um, in a cold storage in our company, Yakim Chief Hop Union, and then they are processed in pellets and, and after extract. So, but during those transportation and, and, and treatment, we always respect um, the quality of the hops. I think you sh we should do the same in Europe and have also increased the quality of European hops. It should be, it should be a good, good things to explore. Um, but the structures of the of the grower is totally different in Europe than in America. And is there also a different attitude 
among people in terms of like the way that they preserve hops and, and distribute? I, I, I think it's, it's in a, an attitude driven by, uh, you know, when you have five hectares of hops and 150 hectares of hops, uh, you, your behavior is per se always totally different. You won't make a, 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 um, a few millions investment if you have five hectares. You will do it for the 150 because you know that you will add much more uh, gratitude by selling quality hubs than than a five hectares. So, um, I mean, more generally speaking now, um, you're dealing with all the Belgian breweries that are using Yakima hops. Yeah. Do you ever encounter any skepticism from... Uh, more traditional breweries that are think, oh, course, why are you bringing course, these hops the in here? Time, the first time we began to sell American hops, that was very difficult because the flavor was so intensive, that was the profile was so different that that people were very reluctant because they say, I will change totally my profile of beer. And that was absolutely not the purpose to change the profile of beer, but maybe to create new beer. But we were not there in, in, in 2002, you know. We were not there. Uh, so primarily, we tried to sell, to re- remove um, um, the bitter hop. You know, we arrived with a 16.5% alpha acids hops against a 3% alpha acids and say, look, avoid to purchase a 3% and put so much kilo. With me, you will have the same result with much less hops added in the, in the brewing kettle. And the result will be much more efficient. So we primarily begin with a bitter hop. And then after, when that was adopted, small by small, and that the trends was blowing from the US with a new uh, type of beer coming on the market and the enthusiasm of the young consumer that want more bitterness, that want to discover more aroma, more, aroma, more, more new style. Um, some breweries make, make new, new products and with our hops and adopt our hop for doing that. And um, just do, do you see in the next few years things changing fast? Yeah, but maybe in the next few years you will have a little bit everything. You see, you no, know, the trend is, is going with uh, uh, wild yeast, going with barrel aged, going with... Uh, but you still have IPA coming on the market. So that will be a little bit... A little bit everything. I think uh, all the best of the trends will be kept. I mean, um, the, the brewery doing the best IPA in Belgium will always continue survive. to survive and make the best IPA of Belgium. The, um, the best uh, barrel age uh, brewery will also survive. Uh, the best product made with the wild yeast maybe. Uh, it's, all, it's all related to quality. Yeah, I think it's all related to quality and, and savoir-faire of the brewery. Knowledge know-how. and um, know-how, knowledge, and and um, a wonderful system that meet <laughs> a, a, a wonderful. I think if you are mastering very well, sky is the limit. You will stay forever. You see, um, the if you can follow a little bit the market, uh, change a little bit your product on due time. Because the consumer the consumer behavior is totally different, maybe you will stay always with your product. There is no reason why. The only fear I have for the moment is that there is a lot of breweries coming on the market, a lot of new breweries, and 
I am afraid that it's a trends, you know, because um, trends is limited on time. Uh, if you build breweries, it's forever. It's for ages, I think. Um, but if you build breweries for just making money, if I can, you know what it is, uh, you don't make money with a brewery. You, and anyway, you sweat for making this money if you make money. So this is a hard job, um, very passionate. But if you have not the patience, if you think you're going to just be the, 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 the subordinate from a uh, big capital, don't do that because you will suffer and you won't succeed. So this is, this is something which make me a little bit afraid for the future, the nearby future, and then it will be bright. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you didn't tell me about Star Wars. Oh, shit, I forgot. So uh, the purpose was to make a, a big theory about, about the four seasons. So I told you, um, Saison is uh, primarily the beer we wanted to make a little bit in between what was in America and what was this tradition in Belgium, okay? And uh, this, the four Saison was made with the four basic ingredients, barley malt, uh, water, hops and yeast, four different hops in the four Saison, okay? Uh, I, ha I have three children. The brewery is my fourth. Okay, blah, blah, blah. A, lot, a big theory about the, uh, about the four. And then after, logically, we make the five and then the six. And in fact, then you discover that, in fact, the big theory is, is in fact, uh, just for, for fun. That's just because I'm a fan of Star Wars. So this was uh, just uh, the reason why I tell you. Um, and those Romain figures is, 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 is a gimmick of the Star Wars stuff. But are you a fan of the movies? Yes, of course. I went with my father when I was very young to see uh, the, the first episode. And have you seen recent movies? Recent movies? You mean the one, two, three? Yeah, and the new, the new ones? New, oh, I haven't been there to the, to the cinema yet, but, uh, ah, you know, sometimes it's better to keep... Last time I, I was with my, my boy and I say, we're going to see Alien, the Alien first. You know, Alien the yes, series yes, yes. in one, two, three, four. In a row, yeah. And sometimes you don't have to do that. Stay with your ideas and what you, your perception well, of that of, time. As a young, as a young it, guy, yeah. It hasn't... <laughs> sometimes it doesn't age Yeah, well. the, age, the, yeah. Age, the aging of some, yeah. some films is really bad. Yeah. But Star Wars is okay. Star Wars is okay. Okay, so my last question is, do you, do you love what you do? Um, I, I, it's a patient. It's a patient, you know. You cannot do that if you have no patient. Um, I have the chance to, to love that. Um, sometimes my wife is a little bit angry against me because it's a little bit too much patient. But um, it's, it's really, you cannot do other, in another way than that. Because uh, as I told you, it's a lot of work, a brewery. Um, it's a lot of work to be in the hop business. So I have to match those, both business and to make a good story around that. Um, but uh, you cannot conceive to go forward if you have no patience. And anyway, when I make a beer, what I want is that the consumer feel that there is patience and, and love and that when you drink my beer, yeah, yes, he smiles. This is the purpose. Well, I, uh, I hope for lots of passion and love in the future and best wishes for the brewery and thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you, Brendan. Maxi, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening, folks. If you want to hear more, why not subscribe to the podcast? And if you liked it, we'd love it if you left a review on iTunes. If there's someone you know you think would enjoy it, 
please do recommend it to them. And if you want to keep up with our stories, resources and projects on Belgian beer and Belgian chocolate, sign up for our email updates on belgiansmack.com. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.